Isn't it incredible to know that whatever you seek to change in your life, it's possible. Isn't it incredible to know that if you're struggling with something in your heart, maybe a, a, a bad habit, maybe a sin, that God can give you victory. There can be change. There can be transformation. Isn't it incredible to know that if there's something that you would desire uh, to become uh, spiritually, maybe something that, that, you've, that, you've, that you've thought about, uh, something that you want to have different in your heart and in your life, all kinds of different things, the one thing that I always think of and that I hear a lot about is his faith. To be somebody who, who can walk strong into the future without fears or worries or anxiety. Isn't it incredible to know that whatever it might be, you have the capability in Jesus Christ to become. It's astounding to think about, and it's tremendous truth. That's what we started this series off with, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It is a matter of already. That's an incredible promise in Jesus Christ, and I hope that's where you're at. Maybe not. Pondering, thinking, wondering about, that's okay. What would it be like to be made new by the Holy Spirit, wholly and completely? Well, we have that capability. That's that promise of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And when I think about that in terms of what that would look like, it just blows my mind up. And the rest of the series is, is about that three things um, that are, are foundational and fundamental to being the 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 first that we covered last week was about worship, about being a true worshiper. You remember Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, full of, of grace, full of truth. And, and so we thought about that, looked at truth about that out of Psalm 96. What would it be like to be made new as a worshiper of Jesus Christ? One of the things that he wants more than anything else out of us, first four custom uh, uh, commandments, actually all of them focus and centered on that. To understand and know that, that when God speaks about being a worshiper, it's so, so much more than just what we're doing now one hour a week. We, we looked at truth about that, that it's about lifestyle, choices, decisions, worshiping God day in and day out to bring him honor and glory in the living of our lives. And then today, something that, um, that, that I, I share God's truth about often, it just simply being who we are from day to day, an all-encompassing, if you will, um, category, but foundational to us as followers of Jesus or anyone who would seek to be. What, what is it in us that needs to be 
What change or transformation to become? And maybe it's an initial change in transformation. Understanding, knowing, and having God's grace come into your heart and into your life. The greatest thing ever. And, and nothing more powerful. I know I've shared truth about that before too. Nothing in the landscape of human history has impacted the world more than the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And nothing changes a person like the presence of Jesus Christ. Nothing. And so here we are, here we sit. What is it about us, individually, specifically, that if you thought about what it means to be a perfect follower of Jesus Christ, what would need to to happen? What would need to change? We all have answers to that question. Like I've said before, you're all pretty doggone good, but you're not perfect. There are things in your heart and in your life that you know God desires to be different, to bring him more glory and more honor, to live, to tell to a lost and hurting world who it is that Jesus is. And so I ask you a question. What's new with you? Go back 10 years ago. Can you shake some dust off? Go back 10 years ago. Who were you? Different than who you are today? Of course. How? If you can't go back 10 years, go back five. If you can't go back five, go back last year. Are you a different person today than the person that you were a year ago? I hope so. The the, the living of life as a follower of Jesus is, is a process, it's a journey. It's a walk. And the hope is that we're always walking towards rather than either stopping and looking behind or going in the other direction about becoming who God desires us to be, who he created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be. And that's what the truth this morning is about. Two verses, Romans 12 one and two. Open your hearts to what it is that God has to say to you with this truth and hear him speak. And therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be re- but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the word of God. Let it be written in your hearts and in your life. Couldn't see it too good with that black print, could you? Yeah, we need to change that to white, but that's okay. You can keep your Bibles open. You can see what it says couple of very um, powerful verses that are packed full of truth. And, you know, it, one of my hopes, and sometimes I say that to folks, you know, my goal is always to get out of the way of God. So I hope I don't diminish 
what it is that he has to say today in these two powerful verses to you and to me. What do you think? The first verse says, um, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's a spiritual um, act of worship, the verse ends. What, what do you think about those? What, 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 is, what is, is a reasonable response to grace? What would that mean? What would that look like? And, and you see the words, holy and pleasing. What does that mean? What does that look like? The living sacrifice, that's pretty powerful. Living sacrifice. And so, you know, we start to have understandings of what it means to follow God and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And a lot of those things we incorporate into our life, into our being, and we start to, to walk. Or if we're somebody who hasn't asked Christ in the heart, we have this this understanding of this picture, this view of what a Christian ought to be like. And so the question, because we're, we're being asked that, I, I urge you, therefore, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. So if that's the, the request, if that's what's being asked of us, if that's what we're being urged to do, what does that mean? Have you thought about that? I'm sure you have. It means a lot. I think of that phrase, living sacrifice. So while we're alive as flesh and blood, and sometimes we, we look at that word sacrifice and it means death, and especially we look at it in a biblical term. But to put to death things while we still live. Living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Maybe it helps to even listen to a, a quote by Jesus, Luke 9, verses 23 and 24. Listen to these words. Then he said to all of them, speaking to those that were gathered around disciples, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. I'm going to toss in the words of verse 25. What good is it for a person to gain the whole world and yet to lose or forfeit their very self? Hmm. Jesus spoke about that too, and he, and he was saying to, to people who were there to gather, and, and some who said, hey, I, I want to follow you, I want to go with you, and, and he's saying, do you understand what that means? And he fleshes it out in, in other places as well. But I think what Jesus says, obviously, is a clear understanding from, from God's eyes and perspective of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. He sets the definition, and, and that's what it is. 
And the greatest obstacle to that always, of all of the things that we can think about in the world that would prevent us from following Jesus, there's one that, that certainly is, is well within our control because the greatest obstacle is self. And so living sacrifices, I want you to just think about that and process that. What does it mean to, to literally be dead to self and alive in Christ? To lose our lives to follow Jesus. There, there's so much there, it's so full so many thoughts, and I know you're, maybe your mind is spinning right now, thinking about what that means, what that looks like. Because that encompasses the whole of our being, our existence, who, who we are at school, who we are at work, who we are at home, who we are with our friends, who we are here in worship. Whatever it is that we do, whatever's where we be, that, this is speaking about that. And to follow Jesus Christ, to lose our lives, to save it, is really profound to think about. And then, of course, the question is, when you think about what that might look like in perfection, is that a reasonable request? So the word that, that's used there in terms of spiritual, you see it maybe, holy and pleasing to God, and then, and then the verse says, that's how the verse ends, verse 1, this is your spiritual act of worship. And the Greek word is logiskon, and, and it um, really is translated with a spiritual um, connotation of being reasonable. And so you, you see what we're being asked Living sacrifice is holy and pleasing to God. And then it says, well, that's reasonable. It's spiritually reasonable. And the question really is, what do you think? That, that's what God is saying in his word and his truth. But what really matters to God is, is that true for you? Is, is this not the case? Think about this for a minute. So when you have a request come before you, when somebody asks you to do something, you have a process innately in your mind where you start to go through that, and there's a filter, and you start to think about what is reasonable, what is unreasonable, and, and so your request is made, and your brain is just going, and you're thinking about it. And you arrive at a conclusion of whether you're going to do that or not do that, who you're going to be in response to that request, or who you're not going to be. It happens all of the time. Again, all of the spheres of life. Your wife asks you to do something, your husband asks you to do something, and you... And is what they're asking you reasonable or not reasonable? Well, we're being asked to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Is that a reasonable request by God or not? Here's what we can't leave out. The very first part of the verse. I urge you then in view of what? God's mercy. The word there is synonymous with grace, God's grace. So is what God asking out of you as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a person, as a human being, to, to 
be somebody who lives a life that's holy and pleasing him, a loving sacrifice. Is that, is that unreasonable in view of what he did? What did he do? He gave us everything. We, we, we can't even put into terms any superlative, anything in terms of what it is that God did out of his great love for us to send his son down to earth to die on the cross for our sins. And what that means, what that means, not only as we live our lives in terms of the blessings that we experience, and think about that for a moment, we're talking about holy and pleasing. Isn't it true that when you do things that are, are spiritually right, that are in accordance with the word of God, that, that there are rich blessings that follow? Sometimes not always in the, in the immediate sense, but, but always. And when we do things that are contrary to, to word and to truth, it's called sin. Usually things don't work out so well. There's problems. One of the things that, that is so true about that, when you think about it, in view of God's mercy and decision-making, be, being holy and pleasing, one of the things that plague us as finite creatures living in a finite world is short-sightedness. Short-sightedness. We, 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 we are in the moment often, and we don't look beyond and see what can be and what is going to be based on our consequences that are going to follow of our decision. No. Uh, devotions that we had in, in our elders' meeting this past week were about looking at the unseen rather than the seen. Second Corinthians four eighteen to look beyond. I think that's hugely important. I think if that were true, and we think about the way in which we live our lives and who we show up as in every circumstance. And when Satan comes knocking on the door of our heart to think about what is going to be, who am I going to be in this moment, but then what is that going to mean? And when we sang the songs, right? People are watching, people are listening. We know what's going on in our own heart and our own life. It's imperative to think about that personhood being and there is always a ripple effect don't ever buy the lie that satan has spun that sin is just between you and him never i use that illustration you can throw a rock into water and the ripples go out and they go out in all directions and that's the way that it is there's always an impact there's always an impact relationally to the choices that you make and it's one of those little pithy sayings I always toss out on my kids that I know you've heard it from me before. You make your choices, and your choices make you. Praise God for his grace. And see, we have the capability 
of becoming new, right? Of being something different. Of having God who's washed away those sins, forgiven them already, changes from the inside out. And that's what this truth is about. We're, we're being urged to do that. And then, then we, we move into end of verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, the, the word that is there, I know I'm tossing a couple of Greek words out to you, is anainosis, and it's, it's in the, for the renewal. It's in past perfect form in terms of already is. Again, just reinforcing that truth that we looked at in the first week, that Jesus Christ makes all things new. He has. The, the capability is there. And to call one of the challenges is to not be a world follower, but to be a Christ follower. That's what verse 2 starts off saying. And there is a radical and sharp contrast in terms of what it means to follow Christ and what it means to follow the world. That's what this book is, is all about in some ways. The, the, the Old Testament setting up the arrival of Jesus Christ. And God's saying repeatedly all the way through, I have chosen you. You need to be set apart, different, unique. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. That's what he was telling the Israelites. That's what he's telling us. What does that mean? We could list a whole number of different things. We looked at one this morning already. What does it mean about what you believe about abortion and the sanctity of life? God speaks clearly to it. Number of issues. What does it mean in terms of being accountable? About owning up to your own sin rather than blaming everybody else. That seems to be the way the world deals with things today. Why would I take the blame when I can blame somebody else? It's their fault, not mine. Being accountable. God speaks about what it means to, to lie and to gossip. Things that the world readily accepts as being okay. All kinds of, of different things. You can just stop and you can think. You can go on and on and on about what the world says is all right. There's a whole slew of them that flow out of the world's religion, secular relativism. That's what our culture lives and breathes today. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, God, God died, he sent Jesus, gave you the gift of grace in terms of knowing him, if that's true for you to tell you it doesn't need to be. You don't need to be a cow who moves in line with everybody else. And I know the pressure today is intense. My heart really goes out to young people. 
schools and the things that you're experiencing and dealing with. There is intense pressure to conform. And there's a lot of of ridicule and and things that follow if indeed you don't. And in some ways, we're, we're trying to be forced to conform to what the world says needs to be. I tell you, be a Christ follower. Be transformed by what already is in your heart and in your mind. You have the capability, you have the power. The question is, is it your desire, is it your passion, are you gonna seek it out? Is it who you're going to be or not? Free will. I think you know what God hopes and why he died and revealed his grace to you for. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a powerful thought to think about um, and a reality. And that's why I asked you earlier if you thought about who you were 10 years ago or five years ago. I hope that that's an ongoing process in your heart and in your life. See, the, the theological term sanctification, it's a process. You're made right with God, and then you grow into that your whole life. And so there ought always to be change. You never should be the same person you were a year ago spiritually. There ought to be things at work in your heart and in your life that are different. And so if somebody were to ask that question, what's new with you spiritually, you'd be able to tell them. Things that you've been seeking out, things that you've wanted to have be changed within you, things that have been a part of who you were maybe for way, way, way too long. That now through the presence and the unleashing of Jesus in your heart and in your life are different. Kind of like this. So I've got two glasses or jars of cola or Coke. They look the same, right? Anybody see any differences between those two? Don't get like real picky and say, I think this one says ball jars on it too. I mean, I could keep turning it, all right? And, and in the living of life, Things are always getting poured into us. Things that um, maybe we don't even see real well or that we don't recognize in terms of what it is, but it gets poured into us and it, it makes a difference. Spiritually speaking, maybe not much. Does that really look much different other than being fuller? Can all of you see that? I feel like one of those game show hosts or something. Take a look. Yeah, they're basically the same thing, but if you were as close as I would, you see it got maybe a little bit uh, different in color, a little lighter. You know, the world is always pouring things into us. And spiritually speaking, quite honestly, they don't make a whole lot of difference. 
spot, there is something that does. And when it comes into us, it makes a big difference. Looks pretty much the same as what was in here, but it's a different fluid. And when it gets poured into our hearts and in our lives, there's an instant difference. And the more that we allow it to stir our souls and our hearts, things become really clear. Um, See any difference? Yeah. And I think the longer that this, um, at least this is how it's supposed to work, longer longer that it would sit here, um, you would see it become even more different. What was in this jar represents the presence of God. And we allow him, when we allow him to, to get stirred up in us, to, to one of the phrases again, to let go of self and let God go in our lives, things become radically different. There is visible change. And the longer we live, the longer that Christ is within us, the more visible and more clear it ought to be in the world in which we live, so to our friends, to our family, to people at school, at work, who it is that we're being based on what's inside. That's the challenge. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the very presence of grace, God, inside. In Ephesians, um, there's some more words about this. I just want to read verses 22 to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the hope, that's the desire, that's the challenge. To let the Holy Spirit be a catalyst in our hearts and in our lives to bring change. The things of the world are inert. In other words, they don't really bring change spiritually. And we can pour all kinds of them into our heart and into our life. All of the things that the world says are important, that are needed, about who it is that we have to be. But there's only one thing that's really going to change us. Change us in a way that's, that's so clear and so visible, so lasting, so eternal. And that is the presence and the power of a living God.
who the moment you receive Christ gives to you his spirit. Wow. So who are you being? What's new with you? What will be? You got plans? I hope so. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, you know, I celebrate all the time. It's so powerful to see God at work in a human heart. And there are things I celebrate about my own transformation. Still got a long way to go, but I'm being renewed day in and day out by the power and the presence of a living God. I celebrate that because I know it has nothing to do with me, but I I celebrate so much when I see God at work in the hearts and lives of people. Seeing them change and grow and go from here to there. Those are celebrations and stories that we'll all have in a year. Will you pray with me? Lord God, in some ways it is so simple. We're either going to be you or we're not. We're either going to let go or hold on, maybe to past problems, past sins, maybe to ways of doing things, habits. Lord, we're going to let you go. We're going to walk a new path, a new journey. We're going to discover new things in you about who it is that you created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be in a way, O oh Lord, that, that stirs our heart indeed, that brings change and transformation. It's about honoring your word, living it out so others will see, so others will see you clearly, boldly, for your glory, for your honor. Lord, I ask that you'll stir all of our hearts, that we'll ask what that means and what that looks like to be living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to you because it is more than a reasonable request because of Jesus Christ, because of grace. Lord, help us. Help us to not be short-sighted Help us to think about what is good and great, what would honor you in the living of our lives. Lord, your promise at the end of that passage is that we'd be able to see and approve what your, what your will is, what your good, your pleasing, and your perfect will is. And Lord, so often um, people ask that question, what is God's will? And you've already spoken. And Lord, the proving of that is in our hearts. So Lord, might we open them up. In your holy and in your precious and in your awesome name, I give you praise for what is and what will be because of your grace. Amen.